The FT. Welcome to this edition of World Weekly. I'm Gideon Rachman. Today we're looking at the crisis in Hong Kong and how China's likely to handle it. Joining me on the line from Hong Kong is our Asia editor David Pilling, and on the line from Beijing is Tom Mitchell, one of our correspondents there. David, let's start with you. We had these big demonstrations yesterday. That was Wednesday, which was a national holiday. We're now talking on Thursday, with、uh, some discussion of the students actually trying to occupy government buildings. What's the situation as we speak? Well,、uh, the students have given C. Y. Lung, who is the chief executive of Hong Kong, a deadline of midnight tonight to resign. Seems very unlikely that he will do that.、Uh, the students are then left with a quandary: and、um, how to escalate this, but without losing. Public sympathy, which is at the moment very much on their side, what they've decided to do, what they've said they'll do, is to begin to occupy some non-essential government buildings. Whether the police will allow them to do that is another matter. And just to take you back, on Sunday night we had very severe clashes between riot police and the students, which involved students being tear gassed, and public opinion went very much then on the side of the students. At that point, the police just simply disappeared from the streets, and we've had this kind of carnival atmosphere for the last several days, peaking yesterday. Now it seems that the mood is turning once again. The students, as they say, need to work out where the momentum for this now goes and how to keep that momentum going. But that would appear to then bring them into conflict once again with the authorities. Tom,、uh, who I should add, you lived in Hong Kong for many years. Now you're on the the other side of the fence, so to speak, in Beijing. What do we know of what China is thinking about how to handle this? What have they said publicly, and what have you gleaned about what they're thinking privately? Well, the reaction so far from central government officials in Beijing has been, I would say, measured in terms of the comments from President Xi Jinping,、uh, from the foreign minister in Washington yesterday. Very measured comments. However, the tone in the official media, and this is very important, organs like China Central Television and the People's Daily is increasingly strident. I would say, even angry. They're pointing out that this illegal activity, quote unquote, in Hong Kong is being perpetrated by a small number of troublemakers. They're alluding to the alleged involvement of foreign forces today for the first time. Some of the official media were even backing the use of tear gas by Hong Kong police on Sunday, something that they hadn't done previously. And I think that hints at a hardening of, of attitudes here.、Um, patience is wearing very thin. So, if patience is wearing thin, how long do you think they'll let this run? And obviously, I mean, as we、well, may as well broach the obvious question: Is there a threat that they'll go in and start using violence, not just tear gas, but actually killing people? Well. For now, the Chinese government has made it clear that it intends to do nothing. That this is a matter for C. Y. Lung and the Hong Kong government to handle, and they are certainly hoping that the situation is resolved in Hong Kong.、Um, obviously, they would prefer that the, the students would retreat to their dorms. Theoretically, people, of course, are wondering about the potential involvement of the PLA in a. In an effort to reclaim the streets, I personally find that unthinkable. But there is, of course, a you know a very bloody precedent for that type of action. PLA being the Chinese Army. Yes, the People's Liberation Army. At the other end of the extreme, the possible options for Beijing would be for Xi Jinping to resign and for the rules governing the next chief executive election to be rewritten in a way that would be acceptable to the students. 
But both of those measures would be such utter defeats for Beijing. It's hard to imagine them agreeing to, to that. David, I mean, I guess the dream scenario for China is that they let this play out for a while. The students begin to drift away. Maybe they take some radical actions that, as you say, alienate the big mass of Hong Kong middle class, which has been in favour of them. How realistic do you think that scenario is? How possible? There is a possibility of that playing out. I think what you will have, though, is you will have certainly a hard core of students remaining. I mean, the, the, the portrayal of, of students from Beijing as sort of radicalized, you know, angry, provoking the police is really not the image of students that we have at all here in Hong Kong. This is really the politest uprising, if that's what it is, that I have ever seen with people saying, please and thank you, excuse me, sharing out food. I gave a broadcast the other day, which was not a particularly pro-student broadcast. It was a fairly straight broadcast. And yet people were applauding me afterwards and saying, thank you for bringing this to the public. So the idea that there's this kind of radicalized student body that can be put down, I think that that just does not hold up to, to reality. So I think that therefore limits the ability of the authorities to portray it as such and to act as such, to clamp down in that kind of manner. Therefore, it becomes a waiting game. You know, how long will it be before these very polite students drift away and perhaps a very, very center hardcore of students who are prepared to take more radical action is exposed and therefore the authorities feel as though they can crack down on them without entirely alienating Hong Kong public opinion. At the moment, I would say public opinion is on the student's side. How much of a surprise has this come to you as a long-time resident of Hong Kong? I mean, the rather kind of crass caricature of Hong Kongers is that they're economic people, they've never cared that much about politics, occasional big demonstrations, but this is a commercial city. Has this surprised you or have you seen it coming? I think it has surprised me to some extent. I think Hong Kong had been more radical than we have imagined. And when I say radical, I mean people have cared about things other than just going to a good university and making a good salary. And a couple of years ago, one of the student leaders, Joshua Wong, who was then only a 14-year-old, led a campaign against national education. This was an attempt to make education much more patriotic. This was seen by many people in Hong Kong, including many of the students themselves, as making education more sort of palatable to the Communist Party. And there was a reaction against that and in a sense of victory because a lot of the textbooks were not in fact changed. Having said that, I think everybody has been taken by surprise to some extent at how organized the students have been and how preemptive. This was a movement that was after all called Occupy Central that was led by older university professors, not students, who were closer to the pan-democrats, those who had been pushing for democracy within the legislative assembly. But what you've had is students who preempted all of this. They came out several days before Occupy Central had planned to come out. They occupied some buildings and they acted as a kind of a catalyst. And then they've sustained it. Suddenly, you know, tens of thousands, perhaps even hundreds of thousands of students at some point have arrived and occupied various parts of Hong Kong, three or four different areas in Hong Kong. So I think almost everybody has been surprised by the scale of that, for sure. OK, Tom, finally, because alas, we're running out of time, give us a sense of what's at stake for Beijing here. I mean, 
just to play devil's advocate, could one say, well, yes, it's serious, but Hong Kong's always been a separate sort of place under one country, two systems. This needn't have ramifications for the whole of China. Or is there something, really, the political future of China at stake here? I think that for Beijing, what's at stake is an incredibly embarrassing loss of authority. Were the students to win? Were they to give in to their demands? That's why I find it very difficult to see the students winning in the end here. With regards to the bigger implications for China, it is worth bearing in mind that public opinion in China is much more mixed than international public opinion, which seems to be broadly sympathetic with the students, especially after the use of tear gas and pepper spray on Sunday night. Here in China, you do have a hardcore of activists who, as soon as this started, were posting sympathetic expressions of support online. The police reacted very quickly to those sort of expressions. However, there's also strong feeling that Hong Kong is kind of a, a spoiled child. It's been given all sorts of advantages and special treatment from Beijing. And there is an element of the population, a sizable element of the population, which feels that the people of Hong Kong, the students, really are being uppity. And that, if anything, they support kind of a hard line from the Chinese government. OK, well, on that faintly ominous note, we'll have to leave it for now. Tom Mitchell in Beijing, thank you very much. Thanks also to David Pilling in Hong Kong. I'm sure we'll have occasion to discuss all this again. But that's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts.